This is a sermon from New City Presbyterian Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. To learn more about New City or to hear more sermons in this series, visit newcitycincy.org. Scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, and you can read along on the screen behind me, or you can follow along in the Bibles in your pews on page 886. It's one verse today. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning uh, and Merry Christmas, New City. Glad you are here. Glad we get to celebrate with one another and um, be here today. Uh, It's my hope that this morning's message is both uh, short and sweet, uh, and that we get plenty of time to connect with one another after the service as well. Uh, So the other day, I uh, got to read a story about a father and son who went uh, to go skydiving together. And the uh, son happened to be in his adult years, and so he felt very comfortable being the first one to jump out of the plane. And so the son goes, jumps out of the plane, and as the father watches, he just can't help but kind of have this uh, surge of love within him for his son, right? Uh, So much so that right after his son jumps out of the plane, the father just goes out too and jumps as well, jumping so far and so furiously that he actually jumps out of his shoes leaving his shoes behind in the plane as he tumbles after his son and goes down and they land safely. Now you can see that the father was so in love with his son, so desirous of being with him that he gladly left his shoes behind, not even thinking about them, because he was just so delighted to be with his son to make sure that his son was safe. And to some degree, that's exactly what Christmas is about. It's about our Father coming down to us, have a desire to be with us, to love us, and to rescue his people. No, Jesus did not leave his shoes behind, but he did step out from a place of honor to a place of dishonor, specifically to be with us. He came down to be with us. A friend of mine uh, recounted this story to me one time about his dad coming to visit him while he was at college, Uh, and instead of uh, buying a hotel room, which his dad easily could have afforded, his dad decided uh, to forgo that and instead joined my friend in his college dorm room, taking the top bunk. Uh, He stepped down kind of from his place of glory, comfort, uh, whatever you'll call it, just so that he could be with his son in his shabby dorm room. And if you're like me, you might be tempted to kind of scoff at that and kind of say, that's a little weird. Like, I wouldn't want my dad in my college dorm room, right? But I think at the same time, there is a part of us that would feel even, like, blown away by the idea of a family member stepping out of their comfort zone just to be with you. And this is what we've been talking about during the season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, That's a C.S. Lewis quote that we've been using a lot. It's this, that Jesus goes down to go up again and to bring the ruined world with him. And that's what we're talking about on Christmas is he is coming to be with us in our ruined world to restore us and bring us back up with him. And so today's passage talks about Jesus coming down, the word or Jesus becoming flesh and dwelling among us. This verse shows us how God came down and also kind of points a little bit about where he's taking us in his kingdom. 
And that's what we're celebrating today on Christmas Day. The kingdom has come. He has brought it. It is here among us, and that's what we get to celebrate. And if you've found yourself in church recently over the past couple weeks during Advent, you know that's what we've been doing. We've been leading up towards a celebration. We've been preparing our hearts for this. And last night at our Christmas Eve service, we lit the last uh, Advent candle, basically signifying, like, the party's begun. The kingdom is here. But even if you haven't been in church, the idea of celebration around Christmas is still very clear to us, right? You kind of notice in the air there's a little bit more of kindness and hospitality, just generally in the air around us. Um, And there's also this, you know, propensity for us to gather with friends and family to have Christmas celebrations, And then, of course, as you all should know this morning, there's gifts, right? This is the time of celebration. Christmas is time to celebrate. Yet, despite this being a season of celebration, we also know that it's still a season where we long for more. There's much to celebrate, but we know something quite isn't just right. Maybe with us, maybe in a relationship, maybe when we just look around us at the world, we can tell that something's wrong. And maybe you've experienced this lately as irritation with a a loved one, mourning the loss of a family member or a friend, or just generally kind of the isolation of the holiday season that we can feel sometimes. That despite this celebration, there's still something not quite right. We're longing for something more. And that's the weird thing about Christmas. It's the thing that we often feel, that there are things worth celebrating, but also that it's not all that it's cracked up to be. And we can't help but wonder, why is that? And I think if we kind of zoom out from our passage today and look at the whole of Scripture, what we see is that there's this dubious, all-encompassing spiritual parasite that's ruining everything. It orients us towards our own kingdoms, our own preferences and ways of thinking. Uh, if you want, one simple way you can think about it is it kind of just makes us into a Grinch, right? You know the Grinch? Hearts two sizes, too small take pride in, our, in ourselves about how self-sufficient we are. We tend to think everyone else is the problem. Scripture makes it clear that God knows about this problem. It's been very evident to him, this sin problem that each of us has. And when you look at Scripture, you see that God, throughout this grand narrative, has been inching closer and closer, nearer and nearer to us, to come meet us in our deepest need. And then there's Christmas, bam, right? Jesus jumping out of his place of royalty to restore us and to bring us back to himself and to one another. So when our passage today says that the word became flesh, what the Apostle John is saying is that the highest revelation of who God is, Jesus, has kind of jumped down into our Grinch-sized realities, our Grinch-sized hearts, and he's here to restore us and to bring us home. So going back to my friend's dad who visited him at college, this father not only stepped out of his comfort zone to be with his son, but also stepped in to my friend's college experience. And I think oftentimes when we uh, look at Jesus, we want to think specifically of him as a king or as a judge or as a wise teacher um, who's here to do stuff, who's here to get stuff done. And he most certainly is. But this passage also reminds us that sometimes we also forget this one other aspect about Jesus, that he's the perfect representation of the Father. And he wants us to know that the Father loves to spend time with his kids, no matter what their lodgings look like. 
So Christmas, then, is the message that God steps down to be with us, whether we find ourselves experiencing a season of celebration or mourning, today reminds us that God is one who comes to be with us in both of these experiences. So as our verse reminds us today, it's that glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, has come. And I think, I don't know about you, but I can have a hard time when I read this and go, like, what, what, do, we, what do we mean by glory? Like, the glory of God, that feels so big, glory, right? But I, I really love this passage because I think it keeps it simple for us today. God's glory is this. It's the fullness of the presence of our Father with us. No distance, no performance necessary, simply the gift of presence with the Father through Jesus. And the good news that Jesus proclaims throughout his ministry that we actually get to see is that the party is just getting started on Christmas Day, and it keeps growing. The news of Christmas is that the kingdom has come, but Jesus tells us to keep our eyes lifted up, whether they feel clear, full of celebration, or whether they feel full of tears through mourning. And he tells us to keep looking up because the fulfillment of his kingdom is coming, and it's being worked out among us. So in other words, he's brought down his glory into our ordinary days, into our own ordinary moments to be with us, to bring forth that kingdom. So today, as we kind of gather and celebrate uh, together with one another, what does this mean for us? I think it means that God has given us his presence and his power to help us, to be with us as we see this kingdom unfold. That Jesus gives us the grace we need to love that goofy uncle who's around who can be a little bit difficult to love. And I can say that because I am a goofy uncle. We can also have the confidence that Jesus can actually connect us to his family while we mourn the loss of some of our own family. It means that we can look to Jesus to help us kind of begin to show hospitality and to share that maybe that new toy that we really like and we don't want to share with a sibling, right? Jesus gives us the power to kind of melt away that selfishness and to bring the kingdom, to step into the kingdom with him. And best of all, Jesus gives us his spirit so that we can enjoy this celebration, right, today, for as good as it is and as lacking as it is, because we know that the greatest celebration is yet to come. And we can do all of this because God has come to live with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love your children enough to come down into our mess, to embrace us in our ugliness, to speak your promises over us, and to win us back into relationship with you and with one another. So this morning we ask that you would make this the best news we've heard. Whether we feel worn out by grief or are ready to celebrate, Lord, we ask that you help us to find hope in you, our good good Father. So teach us and change us by your glory and truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a sermon from New City, a church in Cincinnati, Ohio. Visit our website at newcitycincy.org for more sermons and resources. That's newcitycincy.org. Thanks for joining us today, and God bless you.